to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. So welcome to the Portland Center for Spiritual Living. And happy Valentine's Day, honestly. Uh, Today is about love. We're going to be talking about the theme of love. And yet it's maybe a different approach to love. We've been using this particular book, Good Vibes, Good Life, of Vex Kings. And we'll be continuing with that for the rest of this month. His thesis is that the law of attraction is not quite enough by itself. And he hearkens back to an earlier spiritual principle from ancient hermetic teachings called the law of vibration. He tells us we can use our consciousness in an enhanced or more complete way uh, to change those vibes we're putting out, to change the vibration that we have in the world and that that will attract to us a better life. Well, last week we talked about that idea of the law of vibration. We said that it's more than just a version of the law of attraction. It's our whole consciousness, as he calls it. It puts out a vibe that's composed of what you think and believe, but also of what you feel, how you show up, and even the actions that you take. So it's our it's our complete consciousness as well as how we deport ourselves, and and it's also even how our emotions show up in the actions we take. This vibe uses spirit's co-creative process, and it reflects back to us a a like vibe. And and we talked last week about that sometimes being called what you put out will come back to you. So if you have a happy vibe, if you have a pleasant vibe, you're most apt to find yourself in the company of other people that can respond to that happiness and respond to that pleasant vibe. You'll have more happiness returned to you. Likewise, though, if you have an angry vibe, the universes tend to make sure that you have plenty of opportunities to express that anger. And so we mentioned that this creative process, it's always an action, always acting on your vibe, always uh, returning to you what you put out. And the good news here, though, is that we can be proactive about it. We can intentionally change our vibe. We can do this by aligning our thoughts, our beliefs, our emotions, even our physical deportment and actions into a unified whole. And so that's how I kind of ended the talk last week, this idea of alignment. Are our thoughts in alignment with our feelings, which are in alignment with how we show up and what we do? And when they are in alignment, oh my gosh, the universe will reflect that back to us strongly and quickly. Well, this week we're going to talk more about fundamental alignment issues that will either prevent your vibe from doing what you want, or it can add essential power to your vibe. This week we're going to be discussing self-acceptance and self-love. Now you might say, well, wait a minute, how does that fit in? How do we weave that into this story of our vibe? Certainly, certainly I can have a pleasant vibe whether or not I love or accept myself. Certainly, I can have a a loving vibe or a confident vibe or whatever without loving myself, can't I? 
And of course, as your minister here today, I would like to challenge that because I'm not so sure it's true. I think it's one of those areas of alignment that can actually get us in trouble. So take for an example, maybe you're interested, very interested in having more abundance in your life. Well, no, let's pick a different topic. Let's pick love today. It is Valentine's Day after all. So let's say you're wishing to experience more love in your life. And, uh, and you have an idea of what it would look like. Your, your thoughts and your ideas are in good alignment, right? You, you have what a good relationship feels like in your heart. You can sense the, the, the idea of what being uh, in, in a stable and loving relationship is like. You know the characteristics of it. You're acting out in the world in uh, positive ways that would tend to bring that to you. So why is self-love important? Why is self-acceptance important? Well, part of that alignment is you knowing that it's right for you. And so if there's a thought in your mind that maybe this kind of relationship is always going to be elusive for you. If there's the thought that this kind of relationship is just so very hard that you're not up to it. You might think of some of your past relationships that have not worked out so well, and you internalize that, and you, you tend to think it's not for you, that there's something that might prevent you from experiencing that to the depth that you want. These are issues of self-esteem, right? These are the issues of our self-acceptance that will show out as not being in alignment. So you're, you're wishing for more love. You have the idea of more love. You can explain to someone on the bus what, what a loving relationship is like, right? You've ticked those boxes off, and yet there might be a part of you that's just saying, yeah, but it's not for you. It's not part of who you are. It's not something that you have accepted in the past. And perhaps it's not something that you can easily accept in the future. And so, you know, there's that old saying, uh, if you can't love yourself, how can you appropriately love someone else? I would even expand that further, that if you can't love yourself, you probably are going to be deficit of love in general. There is something about not seeing yourself with acceptance, with love, and with joy, not being able to view yourself as worthy of the good life, of the, of the high life, of the joyous life, of the wonderful life. There's, there's something that when we deny that to ourselves, when we say it's not quite what we expect for ourselves, that resonates, unfortunately, with that vibe you're putting out. And it will tend to to leave the love just tantalizingly out there. Or, or your loving relationships won't be quite as loving as you would like them to be. Your friendships won't be quite as intimate as might be useful. And your primary relationships may not be quite as, as poignant as you would want, as endearing as you would want. All right, so how do we embark upon accepting ourselves more? How do we embark upon this idea of self-love? Well, I, I think it's time for me to tell the number two pencil story. I, I know some of you were probably a little bit intrigued about my talk title today, the number two pencil. And uh, well, first of all, let me give you a, a little bit of background on how pencils even came to be numbered. Uh, believe it or not, 
the, the idea of the number two pencil was based back in Massachusetts on a graphite mine that was there. And uh, what they discovered was graphite uh, by itself coming out of the mine didn't do a very good job of being the, the quote, lead in pencil. Now, mind you, lead has never been in pencils, but graphite was thought at one time to be part lead. And so that's why we talk about lead in pencils, uh, even though there hasn't been lead in pencils. And the graphite that came from this pencil factory area in Massachusetts, unfortunately, was very smeary. And so uh, someone was smart enough to figure out by putting other chemicals in with the graphite, they could adjust pretty precisely the different hardness. And so initially they were going for good, uh, good hard pencils, number one pencils. And, uh, and eventually uh, they decided that those weren't as, as useful as they could be. And they came up with number twos and number threes. And I think originally there were uh, strata from one to four or one to five. And of course, if you go to an office supply store, mostly what you'll find is the number two pencil. The number two pencil having the right consistency of the graphite for filling out forms and writing easily. Um, they're easy to sharpen and so on. They hold their point. They don't hold their point as well as a number one pencil though. And they're not artistically expressive as a number three or a number four pencil. And so number two has this unique uh, property, I would say, of being just right. But picture yourself, if you were a number two pencil, how would you like to go about your life branded as number two, right? Right, right on your lovely yellow exterior, number two. Well, I gotta tell you, for a lot of us, that's kind of how we feel about our own existences, isn't it? We tend to view ourselves as not in the top echelon. We tend to view ourselves as not quite as good as the people around us. And this is one of the things, one of the caveats to this idea of self-love and self-esteem and the idea of self-acceptance is that when we compare ourselves to the outer world, we will always find the number one pencils. <laughs> we will always find someone. It's like pick an area of your life. I mean, I'm a fairly self-confident guy. I'm, I, I'm fairly good at what I do and, and I accept that and I, I recognize that and I'm happy about that. But were I to compare myself to, oh, someone like Michael Beckwith, right? If I were to compare myself to some of the the, the even more eloquent speakers out in the world, if I were to compare myself to some of the great orators through time, of course I would come up deficit. Of course I would put myself back in that number two pencil category, right? And the same is true. Pick any area of your life. Uh, I remember in high school, I was pretty good at track and field, but, but never good enough to be number one. Never good enough that there wasn't someone I could compare myself to that was better. 
You know, lately I've been writing some novels in my spare time. Well, not so much in the last year and a half. I haven't had very much time. Uh, but I've been writing some, uh, some, some novels and enjoying doing that uh, quite a bit. And they sell relatively well. Uh, you know, my pen name on Amazon.com is Lawrence King. And they sell reasonably well. But they're never going to be on the bestseller list. How are we with this idea of being the number two pencil? Well, first of all, I would like to say one thing right away. The number two pencil is the pencil that is used and most beloved of all the pencils. 99% of the pencils out in the world are number two pencils because they are exactly suited for what they are intended and desire to be. They, they don't have to be in that fraction of a 1% that drafts people use a number one pencil for where it is required that extra degree of hardness. And as much as we love our artistic types who use number three and number four and uh, well, there are even softer pencils under a, another numbering scheme for doing sketches and, uh, and things like that. Those pencils are, are perfect for what they do, but the number two pencil is perfect for what it does. You and I are absolutely perfect at what we are here to do. And I would suggest sometimes it's more a matter of understanding what it is that we're here to do. What is my purpose? What, what is my unique contribution? How am I to show up in my unique way? I mean, I may not be the best orator. I may not be the best minister. I may not be the best author. But what I'm doing is serving a wonderful purpose right now. And what you're doing right now is serving a wonderful purpose right now. If it's not... Maybe you're not authentically being you. Maybe you haven't accept yourself for what you really have to offer to this world. I know that God does not make junk. I know that God's creative power has blessed you with exactly what is necessary to be wonderful in this world, to be happy in this world, to be successful in this world, to be creative in this world. Maybe not the best at some particular thing. Maybe not that number one that you're fantasizing about or, or, or that was shot out from under you when you discovered that you couldn't play the violin as, as well as someone else in high school, right? It's like uh, we, we perhaps do need to give up sometimes the idea that you, we will be the one, the piano player, the whatever it is. We have to give up that idea of comparison, but the whole package, that whole package that is you is amazing. It is perfect. It is luscious. It is productive. It can be all those things when you're in alignment, when you understand what you have to offer to the world. When you understand that being the number two pencil is exactly what nearly all of us are inspired to be and that it is perfect and lovely 
and uh, and unique too. You know, uh, sometimes uh, thinking of ourselves as a, a number two pencil, I know they come in boxes. You know, you can go to Office Depot and get a box of, I don't know, like 500 of them and they're all sandwiched in there and just identical, right? But that's saying in a way that we're interchangeable too. And although we're created almost equal, on a genetic scale, we're like 99.999996. I memorized that. 99.999996% the same. You and I, on a genetic level, are uh, identical, basically. You know, we're the number two pencil in, in terms of uh, God's uh, blueprint for us. And yet, look how different we are. Look how we have different things to offer in our in our sameness we we can do and we can be and we can create and we can enjoy in such luscious different ways okay well I, i've done enough selling you on the idea of being number two is maybe even a favored position it, it's a perfectly fine thing it's whole it's perfect it's in exact alignment with who you are and what you can be but what I also want to say is it's worth celebrating. Being the sufficiency that you are is a wonderful thing, and it's worth celebrating. And that's really the second part of my talk today. It's making yourself a priority. One of the things that I observe in people, especially people who think of themselves as, as either healers or in the in the helping category, people who uh, maybe uh, do things for clients, uh, for their loved ones, you know, anyone who's ever been a mom, for instance, and so on, you know, anyone who's been involved in nurturing, we tend to, or we can tend to put the needs of others ahead of ourselves. We can think that we define ourselves almost by how we serve other people. You see that really commonly in families where, where the parents are there, of course, to nurture and, uh, uh, and be there for the children. But you've probably also seen where it's gone overboard, where the parents almost don't exist separately from the children. They define themselves first and foremost simply as parents. And, and of course, then you've also noticed that empty nest syndrome, that when the kids finally move away out to college or off to, to have their wonderful lives, those same parents are almost always lost. Who am I if I'm not here to love and support my children? Who am I if I'm not the king of doing the Sunday morning laundry for the family, who am I if I'm not the queen of cooking all the meals for a big household uh, full, full of kids? And so one of the things around self-care, around self-sufficiency, around loving ourselves is knowing that our needs also need to be met. And we have to be aware of what they are, right? What do you love to do? What do you perhaps sublimate in order to find time for your job or your family or other things? Are your needs understood and are your needs being met? And then, of course, you know, this life is meant to be joyous. This life is meant to be uh, uh, blissful. This life is meant to be sweet. Are you doing 
what is appropriate for you to be lifted up. Now back to our discussion of vibes. Wouldn't it be nice if you went through your life with just a happy vibe? Think about that for a minute. This, this uh, law of vibration that we've been talking about, it reflects back to us the nature of our vibe. So, what kind of vibe do we want to put out? You know, I assigned homework last week. I was sneaky. I portrayed it as something pretty easy. My homework for last week was, what are the vibe? What's the vibe you're putting out, right? It's like, sit down and think about for a minute. Most often, what's the vibe you're putting out? If, if you walked into a room full of people and someone noticed you across the room, hey, Larry just came in. Notice the blank vibe, right? Would it be, oh my gosh, he seems anxious? Oh my gosh, he seems what? Wouldn't it be lovely if it was the good vibration? Wouldn't it be lovely if it was that sense of just happy vibe? of waking up in the morning with a world uh, on your side, ready to delve into and have fun with. Isn't that the vibe that we want to have? Well, before I go on, I want to talk just a few minutes about the vibe killers. Because there are a few things that the book points out are almost uh, universal killers of the positive vibe, of the good vibe, of the, the vibe that would attract to you a happier and more successful life. Well, we've talked about one of them already, and that's the idea of comparison. Whenever you compare yourself to someone else and you fall short, you're killing your own vibe. And no one's to blame for it except for us as individuals. We look over and we notice that someone else is doing something, I don't know, in our estimation, uh, better than us, or or uh, more completely than us, or more error-free than us, or, or whatever your measurement might be. And we then think of ourselves as less than. We tend to want to use this as an urge towards perfectionism. And I'm here to tell you, perfectionism is not about just trying to be the number one pencil, right? Sometimes that level of hardness is not needed. The number one pencil tends to actually scratch through and ruin the paper. There's a very specific set of cases where a, a number one pencil works better than number two. Generally, being sufficient at something is fully sufficient. And to take it beyond that, to take it to some realm of perfectionism, isn't good for you, isn't necessary, and probably isn't even needed for the task at hand. And so stop the comparison. It's a vibe killer. Allow yourself to be your personal best and know that that's good enough. Celebrate your goodness. Celebrate your sufficiency. It's plenty. The other vibe killer that is mentioned in the book uh, can be the people around us. Sometimes that too you might think of as a comparison. Sometimes people will offer us what they say is constructive criticism. Well, sometimes they may offer just plain old criticism with it, whether it's constructive or not. And that, and that too can be a vibe killer. What someone else thinks of you ultimately 
is none of your business. You know, one of my favorite authors, Edwin Gaines, is the one I think that coined that phrase. What someone else thinks of me is none of my business. And it's so true. It's almost never helpful. Very few people can we trust enough to offer criticism in a way that we can deal with positively, that we can use as a positive area of self-improvement. Almost all criticism that comes our way, either we can't digest it in a way that's positive, or it isn't even true or useful to begin with. When I was a, a new minister, people always was coming up and offering me criticism. And, and I think it was because I was sending out that vibe of not being self-loving, not being self-aware enough, that, that I was good enough to be the minister, right? I was new, and so there was a part of me that wasn't sure that I was up to snuff. There wasn't a part of me, uh, well, I was probably comparing myself to previous ministers I had encountered, right? So, so we're talking about exactly the same thing here uh, that's covered in the book that we're covering this month. The, the idea of, well, I, I had all the training to be a great minister. I, I knew what I was going to be doing on Sunday. I was good at writing. I was good at researching talks. In, in every way, I was good at ministry. And I didn't love myself enough in the beginning to be as good at it as I could have been. It's that spiritual self-confidence. It's knowing that I'm enough. It's having the confidence to move forward, knowing, sure, I may make mistakes. Sure, I may not be number one, but I'm completely sufficient. I have the training. I have the knowledge. I have the inspiration. I have the gumption. I'm, I'm it. It's going to be fine. And sure enough, about six months into my ministry, I noticed that people were stopped. They weren't offering me those uh, feedbacks anymore. People weren't saying, well, you need to wear a tie. Or people weren't saying, well, that's a funny haircut you've got. Or you really shouldn't talk about whatever. People offered all kinds of crazy suggestions, right? And, uh, and they just stopped. And it wasn't that I told them that they ought to stop. It wasn't that I was denying people the opportunity to give me feedback. But what I was doing was I was putting out a different vibe. I was putting out a vibe that says, I know what I'm doing. I was putting out a vibe that says, I'm enough. I'm sufficient. I was putting out a vibe that talked about myself, a vibe talking about myself as self-accepting. So those are a couple of the vibe killers that you have to be aware of. But we'll, again, one of them is comparison when you're comparing them to someone else. And then the other one is listening too much to other people. Instead, know what it is that you want to accomplish. Certainly get the training, the experience, the education, and whatever you need to feel confident in it. Don't get me wrong. We can't just attack some new situation without the proper knowledge or the proper preparation. We do need those things. But then it's like, it's up to me. It's up to us. We're here. We're doing it. Have, have self-confidence in your own self at what you do know and what you can do. All right. So how do we make ourselves a priority? How do we 
know that we've achieved a level of self-acceptance and self-love. And, and by the way, this can be a little bit of a checkoff list to, to know if you're maintaining good self-care because most of these items are related to caring for yourself. So I covered a couple of them. Do you know what you like? <laughs> Do you know how you like to be treated? Do you know what, uh, what makes your heart sing? And then, of course, the to-do list. Are you making time for that? Are you making time for you to be you? Do you have hobbies? Do you have interests? I know so many of us are in jobs or in relationships where a lot of our day-to-day -day, uh, time is allocated, right? Uh, I have to work on pastoral care for the for the congregation. I have uh, daily affirmations to write. I have the Sunday talk to prepare. All kinds of things for me to do. But remember I mentioned I also enjoy writing. Am I making the time for my writing. So you have to ask yourself, this is a huge self-care issue. Do you have the time? Are you making the time for yourself? A good friend of mine, one of my prayer partners, um, loves to take a spa day now and then. And, and she'll actually uh, plan it at work and take the day off. And she just spends all day in a spa somewhere. Now, I, I don't actually enjoy that. That wouldn't be my idea uh, of a wonderful uh, day off of self-nurturement, but it is for her and she knows that it is for her. And on a quarterly basis, she makes sure that she treats herself to that. She has a date night, well, in her case, a, a date whole day with herself as an aspect of her own love. What do you do to show yourself that you're loved and accepted? How do you celebrate your successes? You know, another buzz killer is focusing in on areas where we haven't measured up to the mark. Is everyone familiar with that idea of, uh, of making the casual mistake? Not, not life-threatening mistakes, right? But just uh, not quite measuring up to where you'd like to be. Um, you know, a lot of times we will focus on those small mistakes, those small missteps. That's another buzzkill, right? It brings us down from that idea of sufficiency. It brings us down from that happy vibe or that joyous vibe or that loving vibe. And when we have brought our resonance down, like those tuning forks that I used last week, uh, when we've lowered that resonance, we're going to we're going to bring more lower resonance stuff into alignment with us. So I think you can maybe sense your homework for today. I, I, I bet you can, right? What are you doing around self-care and self-love? Are you finding time for yourself? Now, I know we're super busy. Um, so much, th many things are going on, so many ways we'd like to participate with each other. I know a lot of us are stuck on Zoom and, and other ways of communicating these days. It doesn't mean we're any less busy. It doesn't mean we're just sitting at home, right? Uh, we may be at home, but, but I'm not idle anyway. And so how are we making time for ourselves 
even in these unusual times. Like my friend can't do her spa day anymore. And so what she's doing, she's reading trashy murder mysteries. It's a, a passion that she had as a girl. And she, she started uh, checking out electronic copies from the library of, uh, uh, of some of her favorite authors, uh, murder mystery authors, from when she was a, a teenager. And she's just enjoying the heck out of that. So what are you doing for your own pure enjoyment? And also, how are you celebrating your successes rather than dwelling on some of the places where you're not quite up to snuff? Are you making a daily effort at noticing and rewarding yourself for doing a good job, for being that good, solid, useful, wonderful, best-selling number two pencil. You know, one of the things that I did a few years ago that worked marvelously for me was I kept a success journal. Now, you've probably heard of a gratitude journal before, the idea of sitting down once or maybe twice a day and writing down four or five things that you're grateful for. Consider doing a success journal where, uh, again, maybe once or twice a day, you write down the things that you did completely successfully today. Now, now remember, we're not into perfectionism here. We're into that idea of completely sufficient. Write down four or five things that you accomplished today that were completely successful. And if you can, build a celebration around it. Have that be before you you start reading your murder mystery or before you start doing some writing for the day or, or practicing a new song or whatever it is that you do for enjoyment. Maybe tie that in as a way of celebration when you have noticed what a fine job you have done throughout the day. Well, I'm going to close today with a, a quote from our Good Vibes book and a prayer. This is towards the end of the, the third section. He says, If, as it so frequently happens, we don't treat ourselves with the kindness and respect that we deserve, we become insecure. And this affects our confidence, attitude, health. It affects our vibe. This results in a struggle to show love towards others in the way that we would wish to, which, in turn, affects the expressions of love that we receive, right? That idea of our vibe is returned to us, or in this case, might not be returned to us. People tend to enjoy being around and fall in love with those who gracefully accept themselves. For this reason, self-love is a vital element in building our own lives. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence. There's one life and one love. There's only this one thing. And because there's only one, I know that means me, that God's love is my love. God's power is my power. God's uh, joy is mine. The, the peace, the happiness, the zest of the world is mine to enjoy. And because of this, today, I celebrate myself. I celebrate my my complete sufficiency. 
I celebrate and revel being the number two pencil. So very, very useful in the world. So capable of doing exactly what I need to do. I am that pencil. I am that completely serviceable person. And I, I bless myself for it. I love myself for it. I, I enjoy myself for it. And in fact, the more I am myself, the more I accept myself and love myself, the better I am, the more that happiness vibe that goes out and creates a world that is more positive for everyone. And as this is true for me, I know that this is true for everyone. Everyone within the hearing of my voice has the capability of loving themselves. Everyone has that ability to feel uh, self-aware and self-secure, that ability to know you are enough. And enough is wonderful. Enough is worthy of being celebrated. Enough is that vibe of happiness. And so this day and the following day and the following day, I make my challenge to find that happiness, to find that sufficiency, to see love even in the mirror looking back at us. And for this for this, I am tremendously grateful. For this, I, I simply understand that I'm part of the blessing that is God and that that is true for everyone. And so I release my prayer into the activity and action of the law itself. I release this prayer into that law that always says, yes, my beloved, and yes, you are my beloved. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Well, thank you so much for joining me, the Portland Center for Spiritual Living. I love you all, and bye for now. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.